travellers, and welcome to another edition of You Should Have Been There with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And the subject of podcast 32 is travel sayings. Whether they're witty, whether they're wise, whether they're pithy, whether they're pathetic, we will be discussing the bon mot of travel and uh, goodness me there's an awful lot in the uh, research that we mostly you have been doing which suggests that uh, journeys and philosophy are very very strongly entwined well yes that's very true but before we start can i take advantage of your presence well actually absence but at least i'm able to talk to you to ask about a knotty problem concerning passports Uh, i don't know if you remember but i was explaining a couple of weeks ago that i had decided not to take a risk on going to france uh, via euro tunnel and very glad i am that that hasn't happened for two reasons one that um, coronavirus seems to be sprouting out everywhere in france and surely it's only a matter of time before lockdowns and quarantine are applied to uh, all travelers there but also uh, we discovered that my partner steph's passport was just about to expire And of course, I looked on the Home Office uh, website to see what I should do about it. And they said, unless you're travelling immediately, don't bother. Because coronavirus has affected the delivery of passports uh, in some significant manner, not exactly explained. So I know this is a problem that many of your followers and uh, readers and viewers have also experienced. And have you got any advice for me as to what to do? Oh, yes. Um, uh, So a couple of things. And uh, of course, this leads wonderfully on to uh, travel sayings, because I'm going to offer you one in a moment. moment. But the main thing is, uh, you said almost expired. And I don't know how long that is, because there's a, a huge misapprehension fueled by the travel industry being lazy actually which says that if you are going to france or spain or greece then you need six months left on your passport which is utter tosh it is valid up to and including the day of expiry so lots of people who are desperately getting passports don't need them and they're getting in the way of people who definitely do need them so if you have a journey and you've got a plan and you want to uh, uh, get your passport renewed then please just ignore what the uh, the uh, home office the passport office says and just get your application in but if it can wait then please let it and of course um don't forget um uh if you look like your passport photo it's time to come home now that mick is the title of a book that was um i think it was quite big in the 1990s or something a sort of comedy book um but you've actually tracked down the person from whom that title was nicked yes indeed and uh, it seems sadly apposite in these times which is if you look like your passport photo you aren't well enough to travel ah oh, which is much better yes well it is attributed to sir vivian fuchs who was a great explorer, if I'm uh, not mistaken. He travelled to um, Antarctica, didn't he? He travelled across Antarctica. Yes, um, he, w- he was... Um, uh, oh, the first overland crossing of Antarctica, 1958. Um, and um, very well done. And I bet he looked like his passport photo by the time he'd finished that sort of... Uh, endeavour. Mind you, I don't think you're allowed to um, have a passport photo with... Uh, 
a long beard and loads of ice in it, are you? I'm not. There's quite a lot of restrictions as to how you're allowed to look. Yeah, well, there are these days, sadly. There's quite a lot of restrictions um, of all kinds, which is why you've got new sayings popping up all over the place, like, see it, say it, sorted. Add that to the miscellaneous coronavirus warnings, and the entire journey is just a cacophony of things you shouldn't do. But we still want to do it, don't we? However hard um, the authorities try to stop us. And um, maybe that's an explanation of why we've managed to dig up so many uh, sayings about travel. It's because people actually want to travel, not just because it's fun and good to go on holiday and nice to get somewhere warm, because heaven knows there can't be many warmer places than um, uh, my bedroom studio on this extremely hot Sunday, uh, where the uh, thermometer has probably reached, I don't know, 35 or something. And in here, it's about 45, I should imagine. But I think I might have found an answer to why we all want to travel so much uh, in a book, in actually one of my favourite travel books by Bruce Chatwin, um, which is called Songlines. And I don't know if, you, if you're um, familiar with it, but uh, it's, it's a kind of weird mixture of a factual book and a novel. And um, its apparent subject is the nomadic culture of Aboriginal Australians. But what it really explores is the deep-seated universal human need to be on the move. So the fictional part of the book is interleaved with notes and quotes from other writers. So it's, as, as it were, looking at um, Chatwin's notebook. And um, I opened this and found a few thoughts like the following. Our nature lies in movement. Complete calm is death. Uh, that's from the French philosopher Pascal. Yes. And then this. He who does not travel does not know the value of men. Right, OK. And that's a Moorish proverb. And uh, I, I suppose it all connects up with the fact that the indigenous Australian people, like many indigenous peoples, were in fact nomadic. And for them, the idea of uh, being on the move was not only essential, but also cultural and in some ways sacred. Uh, and um, maybe it's because... That's what's in our DNA somewhere deep down. Uh, possibly. But um, Chatwin, a fascinating character, of course. I love the fact that when he wrote, he went off to write in Patagonia, he wasn't supposed to do that at all. So he was this fairly um, precocious 34-year-old. His, his adult life had effectively redefined dilettante. But he'd also been helped by the, um, uh, by, by the publishing industry. He got a magazine commission to go to New York and write about the Guggenheim family. And for that, to cover his expenses, he was given $3,500, which um, actually was about is about £20,000 today. And he didn't go to New York at all. He went to Lima and he, he had to say to the publisher, oh, the cash has gone south with him. And um, he would, quote, be hunting dinosaurs at the far end of Latin America. But um, it did take him to, to Patagonia, where I think he he found the bitter end of nowhere, as I, as I would call it. And I know that you've um, been there, too. And uh, I don't know if you would agree with that. Uh, yes, yes, I, I think so. I mean, it's um, very good for certain animal species um, and, and, and also for um, 
expatriate Welsh people who went there, oh, I think, was it be 150 years ago, maybe more actually, to um, raise sheep uh, and um, live off the proceeds. And in fact, Chatwin in, in Patagonia does... Uh, talk entertainingly about a number of these characters you know mrs jones who runs a a welsh tea shop um uh with welsh tea cakes in the middle of some um, dust stifled village as you say um in the um what's it end of nowhere and uh goodness me uh of course the uh saying if you carry on far enough south in uh, patagonia in in the uh, argentina it, you reach um Ushuaia, this um, fairly bleak port, which has a big sign saying, Ushuaia, the end of the world, the beginning of everything. So maybe he actually helped the local tourist industry with their their, um, slogan for that as well, while he was um, spending his publisher's money. (laughs) Yes. Well, let's get on to um, our top quotes about journeys. And I should explain that before this recording, I sent um, a list of 50 relatively well-known quotations about travel from all sorts of uh, different uh, uh, writing sources. And we've each picked our top 10 and are now going to compare and contrast them and see uh, how many we agree on. So, Simon, do you want to get cracking? Thank you so much. Yes, 50 quotes which you you have dug up over over the course of the week and uh, delicious many of them are. But my first quote begins with something from George Moore. A man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. Was that one of yours? No, in fact, I've got a similar one, which I will bring out in a second. But George Moore was an Irish novelist, uh, 1852 to 1933, um, who I must admit I hadn't heard of before. But that's quite good. A man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. Yeah, what what is it that um, that attracts you to that one then? Well, it is merely the the sense of whether we are we are travelling because um, we're looking for something which is um, uh, better, wilder, more intense, more exciting, more exotic than what we have. Um, and um, of course, actually, the use of the word needs. Um, what you need is probably at home. What you want, what you desire, what you covet is. Um, a long way away. Ah, well, I have a quote from the great essayist William Hazlitt, which is on a similar theme. Here we are, this is uh, travel quote number 13 on our list. I should like to spend the whole of my life in travelling abroad if I could anywhere borrow another life to spend afterwards at home. Yes, that that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Um, uh, do, do you appreciate more from travelling when you return and i if i may and this is this is good fun sort of um travel saying tennis i love clifton's fadiman's um contribution to your list when you travel remember that a foreign country is not designed to make you comfortable it's designed to make its own people comfortable and my goodness me i shall certainly remember that everywhere i go from now on Oh, well, that is a very interesting point. Although, of course, if you were to go on certain kinds of holiday, uh, I would um, suggest that that's actually not true at all and that everything has been done to make you, the tourist, extremely comfortable in countries where nearly everybody else is uh, not comfortable. But anyway, it's a a nice thought. And I suppose it... uh, 
makes you think twice before moaning about... Uh... It does, honestly, um, make you look back. And my last sort of really big trip was to Yemen. Um, and, of course, that was uncomfortable for me. It was difficult. It was... Everything about it was, was a challenge. But in this most benighted of, of Middle Eastern countries, it was what the people did to get by. And uh, so I, I shall thank you for Clifton Fadiman. Uh, who was a... A United States um, radio and TV uh, journalist and uh, writer and personality, I think, um, who lived until 1999, just for the record. OK, well, look, I've also got something on this theme which I have picked from the list, which is number three. And it's from the extremely successful and indeed very, very good travel writer, Paul Theroux. And it's this. Travel is only glamorous in retrospect. Oh, come on. That, it's, it's, it's the height of glamour. People are in, as we speak, in Antibes, feeling glamorous. Um, in fact, <laughs> Kay Burley, the Sky News' uh, breakfast anchor, um, has this afternoon tweeted how happy she is being in Antibes. And um, she, she is there for the glamour, um, so whatever uh, Mr Theroux might say. Um, and uh, yes, he, he's, he's, um, he's done his... Uh, uh, done his work. He also said, I seem to recall, tra- tourists don't know where they've been, travellers don't know where they're going. But um, uh, Kay Burley of Sky News most definitely knows where she has been, where she is. And um, it's all very glamorous. Thank you. Oh, well, uh, no, all I was going to say was lucky old her. But I think that sort of idea of dividing people up into uh, travellers and tourists uh, is um, quite a a popular thing to do and uh, generally uh, the traveller is the one who comes out uh, morally superior and uh, the person who writes the quote is very sniffy about the tourists so um, for example well one of mine actually this is number 12 on our list uh, is from G.K. Chesterton Um, the traveller sees what he sees the tourist sees what he has come to see. Uh, and I'm still on the tourist side. <laughs> the tourist probably has a better idea than this. The, the, look, look, um, I'm sorry. What he's saying is that it is better to travel randomly to to just uh, say, oh, I'm here. What's going to happen to me? As opposed to going to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which I did most joyfully two weeks ago um and it's marvelous and the reason you've got thousands of people there even at the height of a crisis is because you've got this astonishing uh landscape of spirituality with this um wonky bell tower in the middle it's just blissful and i went to see um uh, I, 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 so what did he say? The tourist sees what he has come to see. I was a very successful tourist. Thank you, G.K. Chesterton. You can go off and, and just stare blankly at things and wait for things to happen. Um, but I do like number 17, um, uh, the Prophet Muhammad. Don't tell me how educated you are. Tell me how much you have travelled. Now, that that is good, isn't it? Uh, and um, that suggests that uh, irrespective of being a tourist or a traveller that actually um, getting away and getting around and getting abroad is actually a good thing 
which I absolutely agree with entirely. And um, now I actually have a quote here, which um, it, it sort of fell off the bottom of our list, but I think it might be number 50, is from somebody who got around quite a lot uh, in all sorts of ways. And that's the poet um, Byron, a great uh, lover, a soldier um, and all sorts of things. But uh, uh, this is what he said. He said that... Um, I am so convinced of the advantages of looking at mankind instead of reading about them and of the bitter effects of staying at home with all the narrow prejudices of an islander that I think there should be a law amongst us to set our young men abroad for a term among the few allies our wars have left us. I, I think this is just absolutely marvellous. It's, it's, and thank you for finding it. It's, it's completely made for for the Brexit era, um, the, the, where, where we have um, the few allies our wars have left us, um, the narrow prejudices of an islander. Uh, so, yes, um, but obviously his narrow prejudices said you should only send our young men abroad. Um, but may, may I throw something? This is off the uh, excellent list you've prepared, but it's something I read in uh, engraved in a wall in the youth hostel in Athens. Dream like you will live forever. Live like you will die tomorrow. Ah. Um, and that's I thought what a very very profound backpacker had been there until a little investigation, i.e., <laughs> a well-known search engine, revealed that it was actually Mahatma Gandhi who said it, and he didn't say uh, exactly that. He said, "Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever." So, um, good, good old, um, good old Gandhi. Yes. Um, oh, OK. Well, yes, and absolutely. Well, look, um, Euripides, if we can go back even further, uh, the great uh, Greek uh, writer of tragedy said, experience and travel, these are as education in themselves. So we do get the idea here that travel as an education has been around for quite a long time. Yes, um, and here, here, here we have the perfect uh, companion, I would say, uh, Glenn Clark. Again, not a person I know, and thank you for finding this. If you wish to travel far and fast, travel light. Take off your envies, your jealousies, unforgiveness, selfishness and fears. Ah, yes, I don't know who Glenn Clark was. He was an American writer, and they do seem to be... Uh, he appears to have been a ghost writer, but... Uh, Goodness, um, but but um, that's, that's that's a classic for me. Can we go? Can we back go back to the tourists? Twenty eight on your list. The worst thing about being a tourist is having other tourists recognise you as a tourist," said Russell Baker, um, who who was a wise man and um, reminds me of nineteen seventy, the Isle of Wight Pop Festival. Um, uh, it was Saturday afternoon. Only Joni Mitchell was on stage Joni Mitchell quite possibly the uh, greatest uh, female singer songwriter ever to have lived um, still with us thank goodness and the worst insult she could think of in order to try to persuade people to um, uh, behave was you're acting like tourists man <laughs> oh dear um okay how about this one then um now, this is from a Spanish poet called uh, Rosalia de Castro, who was from Galicia, 
she's a very she she's a very very good um, poet and I, I i once visited her casa museo her museum house in um, in in galicia and a lovely little house with a beautiful garden and um uh, anyway this is what she had to say i mean amongst many other things but uh, I see my path, but I don't know where it leads. Not knowing where I'm going is what inspires me to travel it. Well, I guess we could team up her um, with with the um, the the road less travelled, and we can actually put together a whole map of of where people end up if they if they do as they 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 claim to do in their their philosophical thoughts. Oh well, good good for her. Um, as opposed to another uh, very interesting female. Um, uh, Susan Sontag, and this I think is written for the Instagram age. Travel becomes a strategy for accumulating photographs. But isn't that just the same as traveling to the sites that everybody wants to go and see, so that you can take a photograph of it? Is that is that it? Yeah, I, I guess yes. That, that that that's pretty pretty much the same. But also, it does does rather sum up quite a lot of of people's views. But I don't find anything wrong with that at all i think it's um perfectly um reasonable what i love about your list is i'm going to ask our lovely listeners to guess who said this it's people who stray into travel philosophy um even though that's not what they're known for so i give you to get to know a country you must have direct contact with the earth it's futile to gaze at the world through a car window now you you compiled this list. Do you remember who 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 said that? Um, it, um, was it Steinbeck? No. Um, no. Um, it, although <laughs> uh, phonetically, you're you're halfway there. Uh, oh, it's Albert Einstein. I found it now on my list, number thirty-three. To get to know a country, you must have direct contact with the Earth. It's futile to gaze at the world through a car window. Oh, yeah, good. Oh, well, that's a good man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that one. Um, now, can I also give you one to guess at, and obviously all our listeners one to guess at? I have found out that there ain't no surer way to find out whether you like people or hate them than to travel with them. Oh, I have no idea who that is, but I've actually got not one, but two reposts to you. So uh, who, who was it? Well, you, you obviously didn't spot my brilliant American accent. It's Mark Twain, who is, of course, a very quotable man. Yes, that was him. And what, what were you going to um, uh, throw back at me? OK, well, I was going to come back with two uh, slightly, slightly complimentary or maybe contradictory things. And one of them, I was very touched, given how much we've travelled together. Um, but let me give you the first one. Um, and again, listener, please guess this. Journeys end in lovers' meeting. Journeys end in lovers' meeting. That was William Shakespeare. But, even better, never go on trips with anyone you do not love. And that was... Can you remember that? Um... He, he went on quite a lot of trips with, uh, I, th- I think, more than one person who he, he did love uh, in the 20th century. Uh, Hemingway. Well, that was right, is it? Is that right? Absolutely. Although he didn't, I don't think, um, go hiking in the Pyrenees um, or indeed um, meander across the uh, 
the the Darien Gap as far was as was possible. And um, somebody called Mick Webb did because um, uh, I had a look at some of your writings, and I want a glimpse into the unique history of a country at the crossroads of the world. Where were you? Oh, Panama. Oh, you were in Panama City. Yes, exactly. Um, and you wrote that in 2014, although you may not remember it. <laughs> uh, no, and I'm, I'm, uh, um, I thank you uh, not to remind me of it again, although it is a great cliche. But at the same time, never has it been truer. I mean, um, don't you think it's... Uh... Oh, it is. It is. Absolutely. Yes, it does have a unique history. It is the country at the crossroads of the world. OK, well, thank you very much. I, I'll, um, I'll accept that. Um, compliment with due humility. Well, I don't think we're going to have time to get through all of these, and I'm sure we've done our top 10, although, to be quite honest, I haven't actually been counting. (laughs) But uh, there's just one which I think um, takes us, A, back to the beginning, which is uh, often a good thing uh, in a work of art like this podcast. Uh, And also, in a way, it, um, it sums up the whole business of travel. And it's also a comment made by uh, somebody who is the favourite traveller of many people. And that is, of course, um, well, let me give you the quote and see if you can um, work out who it was or remember who it was. Once the travel bug bites, there is no known antidote. And I know that I shall be happily infected until the end of my life. Ah, well, that uh, has to be, of course, Michael Palin, and a uh, great man and um, many, many years, of course, um, uh, that, that, uh, that he will enjoy that particular infection, unlike, unlike some others that are available at the moment. Yes, I do. it is a most, um, in some ways, a most unfortunate uh, uh, thing to say at the moment. But uh, I still think that the, uh, the basic truth of it shines through. Well, can, can I can I bid us bid us farewell with them? I must say something that you and I spotted uh, in the French town of Saint Jean Pied de Port. Uh, this was twenty years ago, and we were just beginning our uh, exciting day on the best bit of the um, the the, the uh, pilgrimage to Compostela to Santiago, and we spotted something pinned up just a notice. Um, which began, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face. The soft rains fall upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. I vaguely remember that. It's, I think it's, is it called the Pilgrim's Prayer? I think it might be. And I do believe it may have its origins in um, uh, the Irish language. But um, I, I have not uh, I've not delved that deeply into um, into the past, because, of course, as we know um, uh, from from um, L.P. Hartley, uh, the past is a foreign country and they do things differently there. Ah, yes. And uh, that is a very difficult journey to take indeed. Can we look ahead to next time? Because. Um, I've actually got a saying which goes with our subject. Um, this is from Ed Douglas, his brand new book. So new, I don't think it's even in the bookshelves or the um, uh, the warehouse yet. Um, Himalaya, a human history, or as I learned from it, Himalaya, as the uh, the locals call it. Um, and he writes uh, of of high places. 
Mountains have always been places for lowlanders to exercise their imaginations, full of demons, or else sublime and adventurous. So we will, next time, be looking at high places. High places. Well, I'm looking forward to it, although I can already feel a few shivers as I uh, remember some uncomfortable moments on the high passes of the Pyrenees. But anyway, until then, from me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder, wishing I was shivering, but instead I'm just sweating. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.